indeed be with you, speak to you, and challenge your heart. What a miracle the human body is. In fact, Psalms 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's staggering how unbelievably complex God has designed our bodies. I understand that we have over 200 bones in our body, 650 skeletal muscles, 210 different cell types, dozens of internal organs, scores of external feature like nose, ears, eyes, hands, arms, legs, feet, hair, no hair, whatever. There are literally miles of arteries and veins in our body, hundreds of nerves. And in addition, there are so many different systems at work at the same time in the body. The human brain by itself is a marvel beyond description. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the fact that all of this is so intricately woven together and functions so naturally is nothing short of a miracle. So indeed, I say again, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Therefore, it is no surprise that when the Bible sets out to describe the church, it most often uses the image of a body. You're going to see the wisdom of God in this as we turn together today to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for our scripture reading. As you're turning there, uh, let me encourage you, if you didn't pick one up last week, to go to the Welcome Center today and pick up your free copy of the book, I Am a Church Member by Tom Rainer. Uh, one per family, okay? We have enough for each family in our church to have a copy of this. And what we're doing is reading it together, okay? Hopefully, uh, your family is reading this, either individually or together. And what I'm going to do over the next few weeks is take the chapters and, and kind of uh, write a sermon that goes along with the topic uh, that Tom Rayner has. In fact, his very first chapter is on the subject that we're going to talk about today. His first chapter is, I will be a functioning church member. How many of y'all have read the first? I'm not even going to look. All right? Hopefully you've read the first chapter. A great little book. Doesn't take a whole lot of time to read, but each week read, and we're going to correspond the sermons with the chapters. Again, the first chapter is, I am a functioning church member, and he uses the example of the human body or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we're about to read. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 12. Paul writes and says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand... Am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would the body be? 
But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. For you are the body of Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing on the reading and now the preaching of your word. Please, dear Jesus, speak to and challenge our hearts today, for it's in Christ's name. Amen. The church is the body of Christ. And what is true about our physical body is also true about the spiritual body known as the church, the body of Jesus Christ. When it is functioning properly, the church is to function just like the human body. Every person in the church is a part of that body. And the body of Christ, that is our church, has the same mission that the physical body of Jesus Christ had 2,000 years ago. That is to seek and to save the lost. And for that mission to be accomplished, we are to function like a healthy body. Because that's the way God designed the church. Now, these verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tell us about the body of Christ and compare it to our physical bodies. He first of all talks about our union to the body of Christ. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Do you see the words, the word members? It's used twice in verse 12. That word members literally means parts. God has designed the church as a body, okay, a body with different parts to the body or different members of the body. Now, we talk about the importance of church membership and the reason we talk about the importance of it is because it's a biblical thing. All right? It's biblical that you be a part of a local church. When God saved you, you were united to the body of Christ. God did not save you as an individual just to go about your life independent from the church, which is His body. Or I'm still, I still have a little bit of Roundup Day left over in my system. There is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. All right? God wants you to be functioning within His body, which is the church. What the Spirit of God does when we are saved is that He connects us with His body. We all receive spiritual gifts when the Spirit comes to dwell inside of us. So as the Lord adds to His body people who are being saved, the Holy Spirit takes us as individual parts and meshes us together and shapes the church, the body of Christ. 
which we are to be as salt and light in a dark and corrupt world. This body, this church, is to be the visible manifestation of Jesus Christ in our city and in our world. So what must happen in our church is that we, as individual believers, behave like Jesus. Now, that's a sermon by itself, but I don't have time for that one today. But that's where it begins. As followers of Christ, we all, 24-7, behave like Jesus. And then, we engage the river valley with the love of Jesus Christ. But as we move on down through these verses, we see something else. Not only our union to the body of Christ, but number two, our uniqueness in the body of Christ. In the church, we are all united in Jesus Christ. Yet, we are all different, and we are all unique in the way that God has gifted us and created us. Look at verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Now, you just think about your own physical body just for a minute. You are one body, yet there are unique parts to your body. Right? I'm looking down here at Jason, my buddy, who's designing his own Christian shirts now. It's awesome, man. I look at Jason and I see Jason. I know Jason is Jason because that's the way Jason looks. But yet, as I look at Jason, I realize that there are so many different aspects and parts of his body that make him who he is. Are you with me? And look at your hands. Hopefully you have ten fingers, all right? Maybe you're missing a literally for those of you, eight fingers, two thumbs. I understand that. But you know what? I'm looking at my hands right now. Boy, I'm getting old. But I don't want to get too depressed right now. I'm looking at my hands, and here's the, they, every finger, every finger on my two hands are different. I've got two thumbs, but they're different. I've got two pointy fingers. But they're different because, see, they're pointing in different directions. They've been broken. They're curved. They're crazy. They're, boy, I'm getting old. Eh? But that is it. Every part of my body is different. You guys make me laugh. You really do. You crack me up. Because I'm looking at you, and here's, here's the unique thing. Every one of us out here, we all have the same parts. We all have two eyes, a nose, a mouth, two ears. But isn't it crazy? We all have those little body parts, but we're all different. We all look different. And even though there may be similarities because you're from the same family, maybe you look like a sibling or you look like your parent, you still look different. You have those same parts, but everyone is unique. And I'm getting to a big point here, all right? But are you following it? The church is just like the human body. Verse 15, If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Now that is amazingly insightful to me. Feet aren't very pretty in and of themselves, are they? That's why we keep them covered up most of the time. And some of you need to keep yours covered up more. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I do. 
Yeah. Well, you tell me, where would your body be without your feet? What if one day, all of a sudden, your feet decided they were sick and tired of carrying the load? And they just revolted and they said, I'm, we're not going to be feet anymore. And, and they mutated themselves into hands. Now you have four hands, no feet. That's not good, is it? Come on, man. Have fun with me. That is not good. Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? Now, to me, ears and feet are a whole lot alike. People don't compliment feet and ears very much. Do they? I mean, you hear people say, oh, you've got beautiful eyes. Have you heard that? I used to hear it all the time. No, really. Maybe I've said it before. But, I, but how many of you have ever had anybody come up to you and say, Wow! What beautiful ears you have! No, no, no. It, it's more like the story of Little Red Riding Hood when she saw the big bad wolf dressed up like grandmother. Grandmother, what big... Ears you have. Huh? Now we're having fun, aren't we? Aren't we having fun? But there is some bad thinking going on here. That's West Texas lingo. There is an error in thinking here. What is that error? It's found in verses 15 and 16. It is when a body part says, I do not belong to the body. Specifically in verse 15, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Verse 16, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. I don't know, maybe some of you in this room have been tempted to feel that way at times. Maybe because you're a little bit different than anybody else that you see in church, or maybe it's just in your mind, you think you're different, and because you think you're different, you're thinking, you know, I really don't belong here. It's bad thinking. Or maybe you've discovered what your spiritual gift is, and, and maybe you've, you've discovered that apparently it isn't a gift that is going to put you in front of people teaching or leading or exhorting or whatever, and maybe it has caused you to feel a little bit inferior. And you may not feel like you're very important to the church, or maybe you feel like you don't have a whole lot to offer to the church. Now here's a great big word of caution. Whatever may cause you to feel inferior or unneeded, do not let that cause you to pull away from the church. What happens when you take a part of the body away from the body? It, it's not good. It's not good. I, I read not long ago about uh, the story of a construction worker. He was working one day and an accident occurred on the job and he lost three fingers on his hand. They fell on the ground. I'm not trying to gross you out this morning, but can you imagine that? Can you imagine watching as three of your fingers get whacked off? Well, what did they do? Well, let me tell you, this guy didn't just say, hmm, I don't need those and kind of cover him over with a little bit of dirt and go on about his day working. No. Why? Because those are precious. 
They picked them up, cleaned them off, put them on ice, wrapped up his hand, and immediately they took him to the hospital. Time is essential here. And as quickly as possible, a medical team reattached his three fingers to his hand where they belong. The point that Paul is making here is this. If you withdraw from the church, your spiritual life is going to dry up. I've been a pastor for 30 years now, and I've seen this happen countless times. And it's not pretty. Something else happens. Not only does that person suffer spiritually and wither and dry up spiritually, their relationship with Christ is not what it should be. Something else happens. The church is hurt because part of the body is missing. Verse 17, If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing... Where would be the smelling? Now that's pretty straightforward, is it not? Just because we're all not the same doesn't mean that others don't need us in the body of Christ. Because they do. We're all needed. So the error in thinking says, I don't belong to the body. I'm not needed here. That error is corrected with the truth of God's activity. Verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. You see, God is working in our church. Hallelujah. Just like He's working in every New Testament church. And God has put the parts in the body the way He wants them, and He has arranged the parts the way He wants to arrange them. There's a little phrase in this verse God has set the members. Boy, that's a rich phrase. It means to appoint someone or something. It means to put something in its place. It was used of depositing money in a bank. And that's what God has done. God has put the members in this body as He has chosen. As He has pleased Himself. God has done it. And when you say, I don't belong here, you're not doubting yourself. What you're doing is questioning God. Because God has placed us exactly where He wants us to be. Hmm. You do matter. Every, every one of us matters. You see, the body is all about unity. Unity. Mm, working together, meshing together, being one. I'll talk more about unity because that's the next chapter. That means next week. Boy, have I got a lot to say about that. But you know what? The body is also about diversity. I mean, just look around you. Go ahead. <laughs> I give you permission. Look around. Huh? What a picture of diversity. In our church, we have young and old, people of, of different backgrounds. Some of you are wearing suits. Some are in jeans. Men, women, single, married. All of us in this room have 
a plethora of differing spiritual gifts. And God has arranged the parts in the body that way. It took me a long time to figure this out, but you know what? God likes diversity. And the better we understand this interdependence and diversity, the better we will fulfill the mission that Jesus Christ is still doing through His church. Verse 20, as it is, there are many parts, but it's one body. That's who we are, one body. The next thing that I want you to see is our unselfishness in the body of Christ. Now, some of the church members in Corinth who had the more, let me call them spectacular gifts maybe, had an idea that they didn't need the other people in the church. While the ones we just talked about had an inferiority complex about their gifts, these others that Paul is about to address had a superiority complex about their gifts. And so there is some more bad thinking going on here. Another error in thinking. And what is it? It's found in verse 21. It's the idea that we think, I don't need you. I don't need you. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head can say to the feet, I have no need of you. You see, the first error said, I don't belong here. This second error says, you don't belong here. The first error says, you don't need me. The second error says, I don't need you. Both are bad thinking. Both are wrong. Look at what he says in verse 22. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. Now let me try to explain what Paul is saying here. What I think he's saying is this. No matter what we think... No matter how we see it, God sees all the parts of the body as essential and as important. All of us. I mean, no matter how you view the other people in this church, they are important to the body of Christ. It's the way God sees it. Each one of us is just as important as the next. I mean, you just look at the parts of a human body. Some of our parts we see, some we don't see. Sometimes the parts of the body that we don't see are really more vital than the parts of the body we do see. You just stop and think about that. Would you rather live without a little finger or a kidney? Would you be more concerned about big toe surgery or heart surgery? Hmm? Even though the heart is unseen, it's more vital than any of the other parts of our body. Just try to live without one. Oh, some of you are. <laughs> That was bad, wasn't it? Hmm. 
You see, just because a part of the body isn't as prominent as other parts of the body, it doesn't mean that they aren't very important to the body. Every part of your body is important. And here's the application. You and I, as church members, don't have the luxury, nor do we have the authority, to look around the church or look around our Sunday school group and think, I need you, I don't need you. You're important to me, you're not important to me. We may not all be equally visible to the church, but we are all equally essential to the church. Again, this bad thinking or this error is corrected with the truth of God's activity. And that is seen in verses 24 and 25. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no division in the body but that the members should have the same care for one another. Now, the way God sees it, and His point of view is the only one that really counts, the way God sees it is that the parts of the body that we consider less honorable are really the ones that He bestows more honor on. Because what He has done is this. He has composed the body. He has put this body together. God has mixed together the parts of the body to where each one brings something special to His church. Every one of you has a special gift that God wants you to be using within this body. And when we all bring our gifts together and willingly use them in the kingdom of God, something great happens. Now, I know this may not be a good visualization for you, but it's good for me. I, sometimes I think of the, of the church as a big pot of stew. Maybe because I'm hungry. I don't know. But I, I've only... I've only uh, made a stew a time or two, and my stew wasn't very good, but I've eaten some good stews. You know what? In a stew, a potato, when you put it in there, remains a potato. A tomato remains a tomato. When you put meat in a stew, the meat remains meat. When you put corn in a stew, it remains corn. But what are they doing? They're all simmering together. And it really makes something great. It's hmm? what God's doing in a church. He's taking all the individual parts. He, he lets you remain who you are. Isn't that great? Isn't it great that God doesn't just duplicate us and we're all the same? Hallelujah for that. We're all different. That's the great thing about it. God, God uses what He blessed us with in order to bless other people. 
Are you getting this picture? So verse 25 goes on to say that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Now, I'm going to talk more about this in another sermon, but God is really big about unity in His church. Again, that doesn't mean that we all have to think alike and act alike and, and all that kind of stuff, but it does mean that God is against division. God is against schisms. God, God doesn't like it when we don't function normally. And when somebody throws a monkey wrench in the body, or stabs the body, or shoots the body, or cuts the body, and the body is not functioning like it's supposed to. Sometimes, as members, we become a virus in the body, or a cancer in the body. God, God no, don't, don't be that way, he says. God doesn't like division. What God likes is for us to use our gifts to make each one of us better people. Really, that's what verse 25 is all about. That we use our parts to make the whole better. You know, in, in families and in churches, there are givers and there are takers. Aren't there? Really, aren't there? But the way it should be is that we are a church full of givers trying to outgive each other. It goes on in verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Well, that just goes right along with what the Bible says elsewhere, that we are to weep with those who weep and that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. In fact, in the New Testament, we find numerous one another statements. We are, as the body of Christ, we are as Christians, to love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Be devoted to one another. Forgive one another. In fact, Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. <laughs> Forgive me, but I honestly believe that a whole lot of church problems could be fixed if the membership would just start doing what Jesus has called us to do and love one another. I tell you what, we would certainly be a better place. We would be more healthy. We could fulfill the job that God has called us to if we work together and love each other. How does that, what does that mean by that? Well, let me tell you what. I love this body. Because it's the only one I have. You know what I figured out? If I don't take care of it, nobody else is going to take care of it. And so it's foolish for me to wake up in the morning and say, Hand, I hate you. Uh, uh, and just to be... I want to help my hand. I want to help my heart. I want to help my mind. I, I want, man, I want this thing... Just to be a smooth, 
oiled machine. Right? So I don't hate it. I love it. And as the body of Christ, we need to love one another. I was reminded recently of the famous quote of Vince Lombardi about building a successful football team. Uh, maybe your favorite team needs to read this. I don't know. but uh, I'm tempted to say something about Greenwood not needing to read it, but I won't, I won't go there. Hmm. I just made some of you mad and others of you happy. You know, that's what preachers do. They make some people happy when they come, others happy while they're there, and the rest happy when they leave. Vince Lombardi said this about building a successful football team. I think it applies to the church. He said, if you're going to play together as a team, you've got to care for one another. You've got to love one another. Each player has got to be thinking about the next guy and saying to himself, you know what, if I don't block that guy over there, Paul's going to get his legs broken. I have to do my job well for him to do his job well. The difference between mediocrity and greatness is the feeling that these players have for one another. Most people call that team spirit. It's when the players are imbued with that special feeling. And when they've got it, you know you've got a winning team. <laughs> Boy, I sure hope we have it. Do we? Do we? Well, it all begins with your heart. Do you have it? Are you using what God has given you as a functioning church member? They say that uh, 80% of the work in the church is done by 20% of the people. I've been doing this a long time, and you know I think that was probably true a few years ago. It's probably like 90-10 now. Really. Because we've just gotten so busy and so wrapped up in our own little world. And quoting Mr. Tom Rayner, there's a whole lot of us who have a totally wrong concept of what it means to be a part of this body. We think it's like membership in a country club. We get the perks. We come pay our membership fee, which is our offering. And then we just sit back and say, lay it on me, preacher. And we just sit there and we soak it up. We want to be ministered to. What can you do for me and my family and my kids and my teenagers? And if you don't have the right program, I'm going down the road to it. I won't go there. That's not what the church is, man. You know what happens? If you, if you have that mentality of a country club, and you're just going to come here and sit and soak. Sooner or later, you're going to sour and stink, and start spewing out some stuff that's not very good. 
So being a functioning church member says, you know what? I love this place. This is my home. God has put me here. And it's not to tear people down, but to build people up. It's not to push people away, it's to pull people in. And so I'm going to be a functioning church member. I'm going to do my part so that the body of Christ can be healthy and grow. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take what's been said today and use your spirit to speak that message into our heart. Lord, if there's someone here today who's never been saved, they are not a part of the body of Christ. I pray that today they would come and receive Christ as their personal Savior and that they would become a part of the body. Lord, for those of us who are Christians, help us to understand the importance of being a functioning church member. Dear Lord, may we bring our lives and our gifts and our talents and our bodies to the altar today and present them as a living sacrifice to you. Lord, may we as the body of Christ come today and pray for this particular body in the kingdom of God. Lord, I know there are so many great things you want to do in and through Kavanaugh Church, and the only way it's going to happen is when we submit to your Lordship and we start loving and treating each other as we should. So Lord, would you do something amazing in your body today. Lord, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with it?